welcome to the Well Played DLC Podcast Episode 2. It is Tuesday, May 14th, and I'm Zach, your host, here with Kieran, hey. Jordan, hey and Ash. Yo. How are we doing, guys? Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, my daughter's teething, so it's all right. Oh, that's always a fun time. That's yeah, amazing. It's a brilliant time. Jordan, you? I am pretty good. Excited to uh, get back into this podcast. And Mr. Kieran, how are you, my sir? I'm doing alright. I'm slightly less sick than last time. That's always a plus. Yeah. So what have we been, been playing, boys? Uh, well, I've been playing Breath of the Wild, like I said I would be. Very exciting. Uh, just as exciting as last yeah, time? Just, yeah, just as exciting as last time. I've been having a blast with it, actually. I've been How many hours you put it into it, Very differently. What was that? How many hours you put in? Uh, too many. Probably... 50, 60. Nice. Speaking of too many hours doing something, I need to stop playing Mortal Kombat 11. Have you actually unlocked anything yet? <laughs> I've unlocked so much stuff. Since they patched it, you can actually unlock things. I'm actually at this point where I'm worried that I'm unlocking things too quickly and I'm going to burn out on content. Have you unlocked Noob Cybot yet? Or did we discuss that last week? Uh, yeah, no, he's, he's available from the word go. Huh. Yeah, no, he's in there. He's a mega edge lord. Nice. Uh, Kieran, you? I um, I started Rage Two today, actually. Oh, very nice. Oh, how is it? It's it's good. It's good. It's um, pretty much what I was expecting, which is open world Doom. I was going to say that's not a bad thing, really. I mean, when no. you take into account that the two studios working on it pretty much equate to open world Doom. Not bad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, know, I know that we got our um, review code yesterday, uh, and Kieran's played a few hours. Different Kieran. Um, Daddy Kieran. Daddy Kieran. Too many Kieran. And um, he said to me this uh, this afternoon, because I said, I know what do you think, because I thought I could just use it in here. Uh, he goes, it's a bit like Doom, it's a bit like Just Cause, and a bit like uh, Borderlands, I think is what he said. Um, yeah. All sort of, all sort well of accurate. you know, mixed together. I mean that's three things that I don't I don't mind so you know. But it, yeah, so he I think he said he d- he's not sure you know I don't think he's played enough yet to obviously make mm. a decision. But he said it feels like it's not sure of what it wants to be yet. Mm, okay. Yeah, I can I can Let's... get behind that. I put maybe like five ish hours into it so far, and it's um yeah it's pretty much like it feels a little bit derivative and like a little bit like it doesn't have its own kind of identity but it, it's like the shooting mechanics are solid as hell like it's a lot of fun and you've uh have you unlocked is the wing is the wing stick unlocked from the start or yeah that's like pretty nice. much one of the first nice. things you get that's yeah. like one of the the coolest weapons in a, a shooter in a long time because it gives you something to do while you're reloading the actual weapons i've actually it was great in rage like... one too i really like the wing stick in rage yeah yeah i've not played rage one i've watched my brother play it but i didn't play it so actually Funny story, do you know the only reason why I played Rage 1? Your, your brother told you to buy it? <laughs> no. Ah. Remember how in uh, Dick Smith was shutting down, they sold like games for like 99 cents? Uh, yeah, yeah, that was eight. Uh, I that went was... to my local, hmm. yeah, my local Dick Smith, like the only game there that had any interest to me whatsoever was like Rage for 99 cents. Nice. Pretty good buy for a dollar. Oh, yeah, for a buck, you can't really go wrong. I'm pretty sure all the other game choices for a dollar were absolutely horrible to the point where even a dollar was too much. Like trolling her. <laughs> <laughs> we... 
Was that on? Was that on 360 Ash? Yeah, it sure was. Do Do I remember correctly that there was like one disc for the main game and then another disc just for like car combat? <laughs> there was like three discs. There was an install disc, a play disc, ah. and then there was an additional disc. Yeah, so that ninety nine cents went very far as far as like cost per but, CD square meter. Yeah. <laughs> That's because didn't uh, Xbox didn't use um, Blu rays then? No, nope. it was DVDs. It, it, they tried to hitch their wagon to the HD DVD train and it didn't take off. Ooh. Oh, yuck. Uh, me, I've been playing. I actually had a bit of a. <laughs> Nobody asked I know, you. but I thought we'd just move on. <laughs> <laughs> You're still playing Days Gone, though, right? I haven't played it this week or since we last spoke. Actually, that's a lie. I did play like an hour, I think, that night. Um, <laughs> but yeah, since it's, Riveting since it's come out, I have not had a chance to, to touch it. I've uh, been busy, as you know, with uh, A Plague Tale, Innocence, that came out today. The review went live this morning, and it's awesome. It's probably up there in the uh, top two games that I've played this year, easily. Uh, so what's going to give it? Out of like cool? three games? Yeah, I've, I've only played three games. Um, I gave it nine, nine out of ten. It, there was uh, one thing that which we'll discuss that sort of uh, brought it down just a bit. Um, but yeah, man, it's it's awesome. If you like story games that you know are basically centered around telling a story, then and if you like historical settings, and this is definitely for you because uh, as we know, historical settings get my jorts real tight um so yeah uh it's basically if you don't know what it's about it's set in uh the sort of mid 14th century 1348 from memory um so just quickly what 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 identifies the 14th century is it like victorian or earlier uh Uh, no it'd be like middle ages i guess is oh god damn yeah um victorian's like late 18 or you know in the 1800s oh um, wow yeah no see i know nothing about this game so like that's wow that's yeah so it's, so it's it's set super early oh yeah so the, uh, 1348 in uh as what's called the kingdom of france uh then not just france um and it's obviously uh that is the time when the black plague was breaking out across europe and eurasia and killing basically everybody in sight uh i think yeah uh, Big old Google uh, told me it it killed between seventy five and two hundred million people um, over the course of like four years, so it was pretty um, devastating. And yeah, so you, it, it's sort of set during then, and you play as um, uh, Amicia Darun and her brother uh, Hugo. So you, sorry, you play as um, the sister, and basically the uh, so it's sent set during the black plague but also the french inquisition are hunting the younger boy because he's sick uh but not with the plague they're not like you're not sure what he's actually sick with but you know that he's been sort of locked away from society uh, while his mother tries to cure him or whatever um yeah and basically the game starts off and you have to basically flee the family home and you and your brother or Amicia and Hugo yeah, flee the, the family home and basically have to survive and she has to find a cure or what's wrong with Hugo all while trying to evade thousands and thousands of rats and they just want to, you know, chomp into you and also, you know, the French Inquisition. It's, it's very linear, so there's no, like, open world. There's no 
straying off and you know finding a different route to sort of do something it's all sort of one way it's, it's it feels almost very cinematic in 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 the way that it's told um the gameplay is fairly limited but still sort of complex um so you have a amicia's main tool or weapon is this sling and you know you find rocks and which you can use the rocks to distract um guards or you can use it to unlock a uh, so there might be like a like a big box or something that you have to break the, that's been held up by like a hoist. So you break the hoist and it you know the box drops down and you can jump over a ledge or something like that. Uh, and then you can uh, and you can, you can also kill the guards with the rocks uh, with the with the with the sling. Oh, really? Yeah. And as you sort of progress, your uh, Amicia meets these other sort of. Uh, people in the world um and they all have sort of different uh skills and talents that you can use and one of the first ones that you meet the the other person is an alchemist uh so he teaches um amicia skills like uh and one's called ignifier which means that you can so there'll be um so with the rats right the rats are basically allergic to light and fire and if they they can't go into those areas so if you're protected by any form of light whether it's a fire or a whatever or you know, like daylight um then you won't get eaten so there are torches and like fire pits that you can light along the way so that you can basically clear a clear a safe path um and the other skills are yeah things yeah, I, I won't sort of. So, what is is this the game that like touted it has like incredible like rat stuff? Yeah, the so they're at. Oh, I remember reading about this. It sounded really cool. At um, well, the developers said that up to one time they can fit five thousand rats on the screen, and there's a couple uh, sequences where there's just an absolute shitload of rats, and it's like it's not super intimidating, but if you have like a sort of a semi fear of rodents or something like that then it's it's going to make you feel a bit well, uneasy. Tell me, like, roughly how many is a shitload? Oh, they'd be... Th- they'd be yeah, it's, they're everywhere. They're, is, it a, is it a sea of rats? Yeah, it is literally a sea of rats. Um, yeah, there was, there's, a, there's a scene sort of uh, quite early on, and it's, um, it's also super easy to get eaten by them too. Like, it's not like they're, you know, because there are, like, <clears throat> sticks and stuff you can get um, sort of in areas, and you can light it. So you might have to travel, let's say, 20 metres to light another fire pit, right? Um, and you get a stick, light it, and you and you got to... Because you're with Hugo, like, the whole time, like you're um, covering him or holding his hand or whatever, you walk quite slowly. So there are times where if you don't sort of... If you, get, if you knock something or sort of get stuck for a, a second, your torch will burn out. And basically, as soon as the, it burns out, the rats just swarm you and eat you. And Hugo, so like they sort of like envelop you, but like a tide, it just pretty much. You away. And it's the world is it's incredible. It's incredibly detailed. It's super authentic. Like if I like, I felt like I just time traveled back to like the 14th century. It looks it sounds like immersion at its finest. Um, yeah, and it's just like the the best part about it is just the acting, like the the voice acting and the writing is just awesome it, it it sells the whole um you know tale it, it feels very much 
like, and this is what I wrote, uh, sort of like Joel and Ellie in the, in the last of us and like Kratos and Atreus, um, just that sort of bond. And as you sort of overcome these obstacles, you know, the bond sort of gets a lot stronger. And the best part, uh, about the sort of like the writing is how, uh, genuine, like they seem as kids because they're still, because they're all, because Hugo's only five years old. So he's never been exposed to like the outside world, especially like this. So there, there are things that he will do or say, yeah, even, even just the way that he says stuff, like the way he, he'll say, so he'll go off and Amicia will be like, oh, you know, Hugo, you know, you can't like run off. Um, and he'll be like, oh, sorry, just like the way he, it's, it's real, like genuine and it, it feels like. I know that the game director did tell me that uh, the um, the voice actors who were kids they had like they gave their own sort of input on sort of what they would say or sort of do here, like you know in in uh, certain sections. And you know, or there'll be times where he'll want to like uh, he'll want to light a candle, and he'll he'll ask for permission, and he'll he'll you know he'll say thank you, and it's just like those little things that you know, that sell that he's a kid. But one of the um, the best things that he does is when you ever get, because you're holding, uh, Amicia's holding Hugo's hand like the entire time pretty much. Uh, when it, And if he runs off, which he often does, he'll run back and grab grab her hand as if, you know, he's scared and, you know, needs to, to be comforted and stuff. And it's just, yeah, it's very, very real and it's just awesome. Um, so what you've played so far, do you feel like the game's going to basically crush your spirit towards the end of it and you'll just be left weeping? Um, look, I don't want to re- reveal too much about the story because it's, you know, I think you should experience well, it you, for You've yourself. said that it's it's set during the plague and you've got like the French Inquisition and you're walking around with two children. It's like, cool. Sounds like every ingredient in a recipe for just tragedy. Yeah, well, I mean, the world itself sort of does that for you. And, and this is sort of our next topic that we we're going to, or one of our topics we we're going to talk about is just death in, in video games. And it's it's one thing to sort of experience death like, in, you know, like a first-person shooter, like a war game and that sort of thing. But it's this was like a whole nother experience, a whole nother insight to just how brutal like it is. And like the world is brutal it is grim there are like bodies everywhere whether it's animals or uh, people like you can there, there there are fields that are just lined like their bodies everywhere with and there's still rats like rats are everywhere trying to chomp into anything it, it can find there is like you go through one field and there's like a mountain of like dead animals just all there and you know hugo gets like in those sort of moments i hear you know he gets quite sad um, and you know, again, that sort of sells that whole authenticity of them being children. Um, but yeah, just the way that death is just—it's—it's it's brutal. Like it, it is, and there are things that you have to do in the game which are just like, kids should never ever have to do things like that. You know, so things like you know, killing uh, guards—it's it—it—it it, it really is like survival of the, of the fittest. Because um, if you don't do this, then Hugo doesn't get his cure and, you know, you, you die pretty much. Um, it's rough. Yeah, it's, it's, there, there, there's a couple of scenes where you're like, oh, like, do I really have to do this? Like, I don't really want to do that. Um, and you, and like, you think about it, if you were in that actual situation sort of, and you go, like, what would you do? Is it, is it posed as a choice, however? No, you have to do it. Oh. 
No, like it's deal with it, son. Yeah, because because it, it's very linear. There's no sort of choice. It's all and and, th- and that's part of you know the story and like you know the world building and and why it feels so grim and and dark and it's just very well written and designed and it it also looks beautiful as well, even though there's bodies and death everywhere. Um, but yeah, if you guys, I think Kieran, you said you bought it. Um, you should definitely. Yeah. I'd, I'd be keen to hear what you think, and I, well, d- I don't know. If, I yeah. I actually just um I just thought a bit of a content we could do for the website at mm. some point, uh because funnily enough I had a call well we had a call from um our our building manager today to say that we're sending some people around on Friday because there's been reports of rat sightings in the apartment <laughs> building uh, <laughs> nice. today of all days so what I might do is I might start playing it then and I'll show it to the exterminators and they can tell me if it's um realistic or not true do it yeah and if and if you contract the plague then you can do an article for the website about well, it. well um, yeah yeah people have did you hear that the people died excuse me recently from the plague he's serious yeah yeah, yeah, two, yeah there two people they ate a uh, what they ate jordan a monkey something didn't they uh something monkey what? um i'm uh, not entirely sure i need to google that um, and the monkey was an anti-vaxxer yeah. yeah good god it, it, it's still around i think like a few years ago there was a stat like Every year, about five to ten people in America die from it or something. In America? Yeah. Good God. Yeah, here we are. Quar- Stop eating monkeys, people. 6th of May. <laughs> 6th of May, 2019. Quarantine lifted after couple die of bubonic plague. So, the same sort of yeah, same thing. A quarantine, I bet I was watching the live-action Sonic trailer. Quarantine imposed in Mongolia <laughs> after two people died from the bubonic... But, yeah, came to, came to Bubonic plague has been lifted... Uh, where is it? Uh, here we are. The Mongolian couple contracted the illness after eating the raw meat of a marmot, a type of rodent. So it wasn't a monkey at all. It was, a, it was a, 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 a rodent. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So. Yeah, cool. Um, which you know is either very very um, gorilla type marketing done by the uh, devs there, or um, <laughs> or it's just That's or, next level or stuff. it's just incredible timing. Um, but Bethesda could learn a thing or two from that marketing. But yeah, it's it's it <laughs> it, it really is just an awesome game. It is just an awesome game, and, and that's I mean it is the the type of game that sort of ticks all my boxes. Um, so yeah, it, it was awesome. And if you get get a chance to play, you should definitely do it. No, I'm interested. I I do like a good narrative game. If it's just, I mean, linear games have their own issues with being linear. But mm. at the same time, if it's a story being told and it's a good story, then following that path is rewarding. So. Yeah, I, I actually, yeah. I, I will just say, yeah. So the one thing that really sort of that brought it down just a bit um, was how easy it is and how dumb the enemy AI is. Uh, oh, right. Like, yeah, like there were times where um, you'd be standing sort of, so they'd be facing one way, right, for example, and you'd be standing uh, on basically right next to their side um, mm. and they wouldn't see. Do you think it's a dig at the French? <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, and there was another time where um, if you get caught, right? They so they they come over and go, oh, I think I saw something, and they come over and yeah, you're sort of in like an L-shaped, uh, like with like two sort of walls that you can sort of vault over, right? But like in like an L-shape. So I vaulted over one, and then vaulted over like the next one, and he was like, oh. Where'd they go? It's like, mate, like you're literally right there. You saw me vault over the wall, like that. That just reminds you of like old school Splinter Cell AI. Um, you know, oh, my friend's got a bullet hole in his head. Must have been nothing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that 
there has honestly there has to be like a list of the best uh, stupid AI reactions in stealth or just hidden sections. <laughs> like Tenchu was a great one for what was that? Must have been a cat. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like it, it didn't fully break the immersion because it's you know it, it, you don't want a game like that to be too hard because otherwise you, yeah. you sort of start to um, not enjoy the story. But there were a couple times where I was like, oh, this is sort of a bit ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, like, come on. Apart from that, it's awesome. Nope. As I've said like eight times now. So is it awesome? Uh, let me just double check. Yes, it is awesome. Okay, cool. Kieran, you've been playing uh, Life is Strange, episode three. Sorry, Life Strange two, episode three. Well, what's give us uh, some quick thoughts on that? Uh, well, it's it's hard to say too much without kind of spoiling the story because it's like three episodes. How about about for somebody who's never encountered any kind of Life is Strange media? Yeah, in a nutshell, it's it's like if Telltale made made good games. Oh, okay. Well, it's I mean, Telltale you, doesn't make games anymore. It, so it's well, funny you say anyway, that, though. <laughs> it's funny you say that, Kieran, because I have always tried to like the Telltale games. Never could. I picked up Life is Strange for free one day, and I fell in love with it. Yeah. But, I mean, like, right, there's, so there's definitely... I should finish my Telltale games before I play it. <laughs> there's yes. definitely... Yeah, there's, okay. a, there's a lot of good Telltale series, but, um, no, like, Life is Strange... Everything that sort of Telltale set out to achieve with their stuff, like these guys have been doing it way better. Um, like just in terms of uh, like the narrative and like the dialogue choices uh, and like especially visually, like I don't know if anyone's seen much, like if any of you have seen much gameplay from Life is Strange. You've played it, haven't you, Zach? Uh, I've played the first two episodes of the first one. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I, lo- I love the art. Yeah. Um, like the the Life is Strange two, so the new series in particular is like is a beautiful beautiful game. Like it flies in the face of everything. Sort of Telltale used to try and get away with like cutting corners on animation and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's good in that regard. Um, and yeah, like the new series uh, story is awesome. The characters are awesome. Um, it's kind of like what you were saying, Zach, about the characters in a Plague Tale being kids and and like their dialogue and their writing being a lot more real than what we usually get i think that's the same it's the same for life is strange too because again they've got like a couple of like the the two boys in the game are voice acted by two boys like pretty much the same ages in real life so i think they sort of get a lot of a lot of input and a lot of uh feedback from them because it's it's supernatural and like like supernatural and also supernatural in the story (laughs) so that's cool um but yeah it's like there's so many moments in it where like with with dialogue between the two brothers where i'm like that's literally being a 15 year old kid and having an eight-year-old brother like that's 100 percent accurate so that's like it's yeah way more natural than anything that i've sort of played in an episodic game before which is really cool do you enjoy it more than episode uh sorry than number one yeah 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 uh Life is like yeah the first the first series of Life is Strange and like Before the Storm, um were awesome as well. But um definitely like because Don't Know are a, a French team I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they are, yeah. Um and like the the writing and a lot of the dialogue in the in the first series was you could kind of tell that it was being written by people who necessarily mm-hmm. didn't speak English as a first language. Like obviously they had English speaking writers and stuff as well, but. It was just like a little bit awkward and a little bit stilted, but like this new series is like just just on point. Awesome, yeah, I'm I'm keen to check it out, but I've got to finish the uh, the first one 
first I've still got before this yeah before the storm and it's there the, the one that Bandai sent me shout out to Bandai yeah. if you listen <laughs> um it's still sealed as well before the storm broke my heart so oh. just careful um <laughs> yeah and yeah don't know awesome developers I reckon they're actually one of my favorites and yeah they're pretty sick I even though it sort of got a bit uh panned a little bit but i think remember me is one of my favorite games in terms of uh like the world and even like the female uh character like she's one of my fa- uh, favorite female characters from uh from a game i would I'd love really to see like a to second remember one. Me. yeah because the the rewind mechanic sort of came from uh, that's, that's in life is strange sort of came from that yeah 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 but yeah i think they yeah, I remember originally they couldn't get Remember Me um, greenlit because no studio wanted a female lead or something like that. Yeah, I remember that. That's there. exactly uh, it. I remember that too, yeah. Yeah, oh, well, let's, uh, let's move on. Um, we'll go back, to, we'll just jump back to that other topic we were talking about before, uh, just about death in video games. Um, and this is something that has been written about quite recently and also something that I, quite, uh, that I thought about while I was playing um, A Plague Tale and is that... The, have we, I guess, as a community or whatever society, um, become a bit desensitized? I said that weird to um to death in video games. Well, I think that like what you were just saying about a plague tale and how you like there were moments where you're like, oh shit, I don't know if I want to do this. Mm. I think that that kind of proves that you probably haven't been super desensitized to that kind of stuff because it's mm. it's contextual, like. In in yeah. that context, you know Completely you agree. know what you're doing feels wrong. Whereas like I've been playing Rage recently and like, you know, you're chopping dudes' heads off and blowing dudes up yeah. like willy nilly, but the context yeah. of that game is it's over the top and so I don't feel bad about it. Yeah, like, exactly like I would if I was games. playing that. I'm playing, you know, Mortal Kombat eleven and I'm punching dudes in the balls so hard that their skull like pops out of their head, so Yeah. I think it's, the important thing context. the important thing in Mortal Kombat is after you've done that they just get up and keep fighting as well. So like, <laughs> yeah, there's a bit of a disconnect there. Yeah, is it? But um, yeah, it's it's all about context, and like I think of like you said in a plague tale, it sounds like it's been very well communicated. This sort of this isn't you know a wildly exciting, fun thing that's happening. Oh, There's no. real emotion going into it. So, well, do you, do you think it's purely because it's sorry they're children, and this is I mean I know that you haven't played it, but in the in the a plague tale context, do you do you think that it has more impact because they're kids? And and then I think it's I think it's hard to ignore that that's a massive massive factor. Like I mean, mm. if you play I don't know, you mentioned that a Plague Tale is a bit like you know God of War in the sense that sort of it's that kind of situation where like you know you're interacting with the world. You've got Kratos who is a bringer of death and destruction, who's very nonchalant about you know the murdering of things throughout his journey. And you know even Atreus in that case is sort of a little bit desensitized because his father's imposing that to him. So. I kind of feel like a playtale in that case. If if you're much more of a nurturing character, then you know, it, will you tell me? Does the play character sort of go, mm, you know, that's that's not good. That's a sad thing. You know, does do you say like for example, don't look kids or anything like that? Um, I don't. Yeah, like I don't want to spoil it because it's like those scenes that, that you got to do stuff. It's all those sequences are like are very well done because like because they make you feel that way. Um, yeah. I, there are, uh, yeah. So Hugo reacts to them in a way that he, that you go like, mate, like I didn't have a choice. Like, what do you want from me? Like, do you want to die or do you want to stay alive, mate? 
Um, Do you at least get a press X to comfort button? No, but you can actually... That's all I wanted in God of War, and I never got it. While we're, while we're on this topic, sort of, uh, you can you can pat dogs and pat horses in A Plague Tale. Just um, out But yeah, no, because um, yeah, I was thinking about you know, how much, you know, in like first-person shooters and stuff, and like like you, you, you were saying, um, Kieran, with Rage, but we just murder countless people. Mm. Um and it sort of just feels like, even like with films, like you know, you watch, like you know, you like you go and watch John Wick, and it's like, you know, headshot, 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 um, and that's you know that that's the sort of game that it is, but it's still like, I don't know, it's yeah, like it's just like it's like, eh, you know, he's just racked up. It's still 15, a very casual yeah. ending of human life, like continuously throughout the film. Yeah, and it's just one of those things where you get confronted with something where you're not like a soldier and you're or you're not you know on like a war path to revenge or you know kill somebody and it sort of it just feels a whole lot different um yeah i don't know it was, it was just an interesting thought because uh kotaku published an article uh last week or this week is this the mortal Kombat one yeah about how the developers about how the de- uh, the developers um or one of the developers that spoke to Kotaku has been having um, extremely graphic dreams about death yeah, and stuff. Actually, and... um, actually been diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder yeah. from effectively the work that they put into crafting fatalities in the game Mortal Kombat 11. And um, it was quite interesting when they described the conditions based around sort of that, I guess that factory of death, as it were, is that um, obviously we as consumers, the people that play these games, I mean, our experience with these graphic depictions of death and violence, it's fleeting quick you know fatality's over in 10 seconds and then you move on but these people worked for weeks months absolutely massive periods of time trying to create this incredibly realistic depiction of death and then you take into account from a craftsman's perspective the kind of resources they need to dip into they need to they need to ask these questions of what happens when you sever a person's skull and can see their brain what does that look like how does the blood come out and then the way they described it as the reference materials people were looking at, it was it was actually intensively uh, eye-opening for me because it's just, I sort of gloss over the whole, oh, violence in games, it's a thing, it happens, eh, move on. I didn't realise that people like that were in that position and actually my heart goes out to them because it does sound like really quite worrying. Yeah, well, one of the, yeah, the guy or the, the article says that, what you know, that they'd be in the office and a guy would be watching a video of people getting hung on like youtube and then another one would be looking at like murder scenes or you know whatever um and that was just you know part of the cause that, that's just how it was done um mm. there was actually a comment offered by uh, somebody who worked on the original dead space games mentioning that um during their time working on the game they actually had a shared folder throughout all of the art department that was effectively called extremely graphic do not open unless you need to Ooh. and inside that was uh, crime scenes of like very graphic murders and things like that, just because they really wanted to sort of capture that that incredibly sort of horrible, you know, organic material. You know, they they really wanted to paint that horrible sort of blood spattered picture of it. But the way that they approached it was like it was there as a reference for the people who needed it, but you know, it was very clearly labelled as the rabbit hole that don't go down unless you need to. Yeah, and and a, another topic or another uh, point of dis- discussion that I've heard is that is it e- uh, is it easier to deal with death in video games because we're doing it as weird as that sounds as opposed to 
viewing it without you know interacting with it if that sort of makes sense um i wouldn't necessarily say it's that point i think it's because it's uh an entertainment medium that's interactive like video games um you kind of have that disassociation with it so you feel like you're not really at fault for this what's happening it's kind of something that's scripted to happen and no one's actually being hurt by it yeah i am um... I, I think, like, there is kind of something to that, Zach, like, the idea that it, it might be easier to see death in a game or actually be responsible for death in a game because the whole, like, the whole basis of, of games mostly being about violence is that it's an easy way to give people stakes and a mm. win-lose situation. So if you're a passive viewer of violence, you're not in a win-lose situation. You're just, you're watching someone lose in, like, either way. But in a game, like, if you don't do the violence, then you lose. So maybe there's like, you know, a sort of a connection between like having having those stakes there and the need to be oh. violent, maybe mitigating the feeling of, of having done it. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I guess it's sort of, you know, it's it's the difference between doing the fatality on Mortal Kombat 11 as opposed to creating it and watching it like 150 times in a day or well, yeah, whatever. Yeah. that would be. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Um. But yeah, anyway, we'll uh, move on. Move on to something else. Um, State of Play 2 last Friday Woo. happened. What did we all think? It was the best Nintendo Direct this year. <laughs> 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 right, you're on fire. Yeah, I was actually quite surprised, to be honest. Um, I'm, I mean, my little tidbit from it was I'm happy to see that there is a... Uh, even as the track record shows that asymmetrical multiplayer games do not do well, we just there's talking going to about be a Evolve predator asymmetrical multiplayer. Oh game. yeah, I remember. That. I saw that was the thing, and I because I actually didn't get to see all of it live. And but yeah, I remember reading that, and I never chased it up. So what actually is it? Um, well, I mean, there's very little shown off about it at the moment, but for the most part, it is an asymmetrical uh, multiplayer game where one person plays the predator, and the other four people appear to just be regular. You know, jungle-going GI dudes. None of them are buff like Arnie. You keep, honestly, so it's I don't know if anybody has played. Much. Yeah, it, well, I mean, if anybody's here, here has played, um, you know, Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Wildlands. Yep. That has a mission where you fight the Predator, and it looks it a bit is like such that. bullshit. Maybe better. <laughs> that is such a bullshit mission. <laughs> it is. It is such a ridiculous mission. My friends and I did it, and we went. Well, that was arguably enjoyable, but. Yeah, but you know, asymmetric multiplayer games apparently still yeah, exist. Yeah, I think I think like everyone probably felt the same way as I did when I saw that that trailer and the state of play. I was like, oh, that looks really cool. That's gonna last two weeks. Yeah, because again, and this is an open query. I've said it to my friends. I'll ask you guys because obviously you're not my friends based off that Oof. comment from me. But either way, you have given a choice. You can either play generic army man or super strong space alien with mandible face and laser whisk and laser shoulder. Who do you want to play? I want to play as a soldier. Yeah, you also want to play as a troll. Anyone else? <laughs> no? But yeah, I think that's the problem with asymmetric multiplayer games. Is that there's always just, you know, the dude who gets to play the super dude is usually the more attractive option. So as long as I can design around that, I reckon it'd be okay. Um, but you also, I think you were telling me that you rated what uh, the new Monster Hunter World trailer thingy? The, D- yes, the DLC, I sorry? Spawn. Oh, yeah, so I mean, I, it's not just an expansion. It's, uh, it's it's not just an update. It's actually a proper expansion because there's a there's, I suppose there's a cash price on this one. But um, yeah, there is. Th- think looks... of it. 
pretty massive. Think of it, yeah, think of it more like, uh, you know how with all the previous Monster Hunter games, they have the base version and then they have Ultimate? Yeah, think of it kind of like that. Ultimate slash G-Rank mode. Yeah, it's not specifically G-Rank, but it's supposed to be like yeah, a higher rank. I don't rank. think we're getting G-Rank in World, but yeah, this is effectively that. And Yeah, we've got some old friends returning. I mean, they're still teasing out the whole idea uh, of uh, the Monster Tiger XP in the game, but, you know. All There's I a giant say, Monster Moose, boys. All I can say is, why the fuck are Capcom making PC players wait extra for content? Um, because every other game that's a multi-platin has a PC release. The PC release usually eats the biggest pile of dog shit. No, Destiny does it fine. The Division's fine. I mean, fine. I'll agree the wait's excessive, but I'd rather have a PC version that works cons- uh, compared to, like, Batman. <laughs> Arkham Knight. Yeah. Well, no, because the, the thing is, though, is adding new content doesn't really need that same level of polish as actually bringing the whole game to PC. Yeah, valid. The, the engine and the whole, you know, the whole game, it runs fine. It's actually in a really good state now compared to what it was when I reviewed yeah. it on PC. Um, so the whole reason for, you know, having a delayed uh, release schedule for PC just makes no sense now, <laughs> especially when you factor in the point that they've uh when it comes to all the timed events for monster hunter world pc has been on an accelerated schedule to slowly catch up towards the consoles and now that they're getting close to it they're bringing them back down <laughs> do you think it's do you think it's um japan's just not big into pc gaming well i mean you could say that but then japan's not big into xbox either i think like in the first month of um monster hunter world being uh, out in japan and then, like, 400 people had it on Xbox because they, they didn't even sell Xbox copies in Japan. It was something like that. Slightly... That means that everyone who has an Xbox in Japan bought two copies. I don't believe that. <sighs> yeah, it also means that every time you play online, you recognize literally everybody else. Pretty like, well. hey, Jeff. As, uh, on topic but off topic question, do you think that Japan is their main target audience? For Monster Hunter? As in... Um, I mean, big console if games. It's on paper, I was gonna say if it's well, if console games. I was gonna say it's it's kind of weird because there's too many variables. If you're talking about Capcom and Monster Hunter in general, Monster Hunter World was their push into the West. Because Monster yeah, Hunter started as a PS2 game from memory, I believe. So I'm some someone might want to Google yeah. fact check me on that. I mean, we can fact check it, but I mean, the bottom line is it was a huge console-based title in Japan and all the rest of it, but Monster Hunter World was built from the ground up to sort of go, hey, let's let's make it more attractive to Western gamers as well. Because then, because it was, uh, and this is where I have no idea really about it, but it was a, like a 3DS game, yeah? Yes, it was. Also it was. Yeah, and, is, so, and that's yeah. obviously big, I, like that's bigger in those sorts of... Um, oh, handhelds are massive in Japan. So yeah. do you think that's perhaps why... Um, consoles are favoured over PC. I, I like. I think it's the slow adoption of Capcom to PC in general. Yeah, and the weird thing is, Capcom have this really weird record with PC recently because Monster Hunter was fairly average on PC, but it became really good. Like if you loaded it up on a PC now, it is so much better than what it used to be. Resident Evil Two, that is a phenomenal PC version. Did that? It did is that launch so at the good. same time? Yes, it did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you go to Devil May Cry Five, which sucks on PC. <laughs> which is weird because that's the same. Is it the same? That's the same engine. That's yeah. exact same RE engine, engine as RE yeah. Two and RE Seven. No, actually, how does that happen? Didn't I think? Oh no, I feel like I'm making this up. But I, I feel like I read somewhere that they had trouble. Devil May Cry had trouble with 
the RE engine initially. I could be making that up. Actually, I probably am making that up. Stop making things yeah, up. Yeah, sorry. Well, this whole <laughs> podcast is fake. It is fake. <laughs> yeah, this actually happened, everybody. Yeah, it, um, it's just it's just little things. Though, the, well, there was the, the, the sugar glider. Yeah, game. I was about to bring. Oh my god! Uh, away. Yeah, it looks dope. I had somebody describe yeah. that to me, and I didn't know if they were lying or not. So what? It looks like. Yeah, like sorry. what actually is it? Sorry. It like f- from the trailer and from like with the information they posted, it's basically just like a a, a, a survival slash like narrative kind of game so you're like you're trying to make your way from point a to point b as like a sugar glider and surviving in like all these natural disasters and stuff but um it's called away uh and then like the subtitle is a survival series so i feel like maybe like this is one of like a number of games based on like maybe different animals what would you like, um yeah want to play as if you could pick another animal to play as what would it be a uh, blue-footed booby i have no idea what that is <laughs> It's a three-footed booby, obviously. It's yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like, we need more. We need more games with animals as main characters in general. Like, it's awesome. Okami too. Thank you very much. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. That does still exist. Yeah, uh, Um, medieval. What do we think of that? We'll be all stoked. I was very. I was very surprised by the fact that they showed that it runs like crap yeah it looks yeah no it wasn't just me then the actual no. trailer looked like it was hitching and jagging yes. and... yeah it's it's, it's uh... like it doesn't look as good as i was like not just the performance wise but like, considering that it's being rebuilt from the ground up it looks it still looks like it plays like a ps1 game <laughs> which like obviously it's going to be like faithful to a point but like not too much yeah so it, see the, the thing that i am the thing that i'm worried about with it is um so they originally they remade medieval one and two for the psp or ps vita whatever it was Those were terrible too and they they sucked and you know they, they looked nice but they kind of removed what made medieval as charming as it was and it was just the fact that it was such a dissonance between you know it had this playful kind of tone and then when you actually looked at it you go wait this is a really dark game you know and then they had these characters that had you know these really quirky lines and you know really interesting writing and they kind of just threw it all away um and i'm worried that they're gonna do the same thing for you know this remake of medieval one do you know who's making um i hope they don't but um although the one thing that does kind of worry me and it's something that a lot of these remakes that have been coming at kind of fallen victim to it's the the colors in the games being washed out it was one of my biggest issues with the spyro reignited trilogy i love spyro but because some of the colors are washed out and even because they did, did some other things to the grass and everything it kind of made the whole uh collectathon part of spyro a bit more monotonous because you know that whole washed out color uh vibe made it so gems didn't pop as easily so you couldn't see them from a further distance it's little things like that that you kind of don't um take you don't really appreciate until you realize that a remake can do it wrong that's interesting see i didn't even know they remade them for the psv but if it was that terrible maybe it just blocked it out of my mind so this one's being developed by other ocean emeryville who i've never heard of what else have they done? Anything? They don't even have they, a Wikipedia they, they page. They did the Rick and Morty VR game. Oh, really? They, I, they don't actually have a, a Wikipedia page for me to look at. Just, just to clarify, you need a high IQ for that Rick and Morty <laughs> VR game. About to say, yeah. 
to be fair, you need a pretty high IQ to understand. Hang on, I'm looking at. Oh, no, yeah, they did, and they this, apparently they developed that Simpsons mobile game. <laughs> what? what? Tap, tapped, <laughs> tapped out. out. <laughs> wow. So they got good, <laughs> good, um, good track record. Great references yeah, there, boys. Good Excellent. Good stuff. But it's only gonna. It's not gonna be super expensive though. I think they've they've said that. It's, it's like forty good, bucks. Yeah. It's pretty good. I'm I'm pretty keen for it. I'm keen to to replay. It. I haven't played it since. Oh, many, 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 many years. I've still got it, but yeah, I've not played it for a long time. So I'm keen to get back into it. It does. It doesn't look as good as I was hoping, but uh, no, I'm still keen enough. Yeah, still I think. Polish. I think the most important thing to come out of uh, State of Play is the the fact that they've finally started developing the Final Fantasy VII remake. Oh yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. They started developing the other Again. trailers, but they confirmed it would be. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure if they confirmed it. Um, during the they they said they're showing more at E3. I reckon it's I it looks like it seems like it's going to be playable there maybe. No, I mean sorry cool. they okay. um I read that they confirmed it was still going to be yeah episode games. Um, yeah, it'll yeah. Which is how do we feel about that? To be honest, depends. Well, on the game. it means they can it means they can get it out in some shape because what do you mean, like just a, an open query to everyone here: Has anyone played an episodic game? <laughs> when the episodes were slowly coming out and enjoyed that feeling. No, it's horrible. I'm waiting three months per episode for Life is Strange 2 at the moment. I can't imagine yeah, waiting see, like the, another three years for the next part of Final Fantasy exactly. 7 remake. What is, see, yeah, for that, me, every episodic game I've played, I've played it when it was all released and I just yeah. played it stuff to finish. I've never actually had to go through the episode thing because it just doesn't appeal to me. What is the ideal wait time, Kieran, in your opinion? Uh, two days. Okay, uh, <laughs> that's, it. that's a very precise number. <laughs> no, I, like it's a month tough because two months. Yeah, I think after a month, I start to forget about the game that I played, like the episode that I played played previously. It's it's one of those things where like you don't want to. I don't want to, you know, ask or I I don't want to be advocating for the developers to be working harder than they should either. Um. And it's it's like you know if, if they could release it on a shorter schedule because right now it's like every three months for a, roughly a three hour episode, mm. and like you could say oh you know just do an hour a month or something like that but then it's like you may you could end up making it worse because you wait a month play for an hour and then mm. that's it so it's like it's actually lesser two evils the really. Final Fantasy Seven remake question has everyone read about the uh, I suppose the people's reaction to Barrett's voice yeah nope I... how do we feel about that do we feel in twenty nineteen it's a bit tone deaf. It, it's, it definitely seems that way. Um, it it kind of... I don't know. I was reading a few things. I don't know maybe if you read the same stuff as me, Ash, but like a lot of it was about uh, how Japanese games especially sort of get those those stereotypes so, yeah, so they wrong. They do lean into them a little bit too easily. Um, and then like Final Fantasy VII apparently was translated into English by one guy in like two weeks. Yes, correct. So, you know, <laughs> it doesn't have a windowless great... room, or yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> in a like, tiny room with no windows. Barrett's Barrett's character doesn't have a great history to begin with, and it feels like this was going to be a, a golden opportunity for them to fix that and yeah. make it better. Um, I mean, a lot of people are sort of throwing around the term racist, but at the same time, I think it's more rooted in just this horrible sort of cartoonish aspect to it. It's which, not, yeah, it's 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 yeah. lazy more than anything. It, it's yeah, that's the best way of looking. It. It's really, it's like a lot of people have said it's it's like dollar store Mr. T, <laughs> which like even Mr. T at its core is not a good place to start yeah, from. Exactly. So going on a cheap version of Mr. T just makes it even worse. Yeah, 
It's um. I hope, hopefully they hear the feedback and like they've scrapped development of this game like three times already. Yeah, so and what's I mean, another? I, I'm gonna say we've already been waiting <laughs> years. Um, off the top of my head, the worst thing is is that um the actual person doing the voice for Barrett is an exceptionally good voice actor. So with the right direction mm. and the right like content, could actually be like a really good, interesting character. He can still have all the tropes of being sort of you know who he is. I mean Barrett. So is, it's not Roger Rousey, but without the I'm gonna take the weight off your shoulders. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Not a good look. Well, uh, we'll move on to some news. Big shout out to Adam uh, from the website who did up our state of play write up. It's actually very, very good. Um, I've given it a, a oh, proper Adam, read, ladies and gentlemen, today. And yeah, good job, mate. If you're listening. Uh, yeah. So s- some news. Um, we'll start with a very. We'll sort of breeze through these, and uh, we'll start with Starbreeze, in fact. Can um, you say you'll Starbreeze through these? Oh, I should have, damn it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, right, so I can fix it in editing. If you've... Um, <laughs> if you, yeah, start again. If you haven't... Um, now you've thrown me. Uh, if, yeah, if you <laughs> haven't uh, heard or read um, in the last week or so, it's uh, Starbreeze Studios, who are the publisher of uh, Payday and the excellent Overkills The Walking Dead... Um, and the, <laughs> the, the phenomenal, the phenomenal uh, PS4 classic raid World War Two, um, <laughs> and the the actually amazing uh, Riddick game. Oh. Yes, actually, they, I didn't even know they did that. I'm glad I found that out because I was hanging some serious shit on them, and then I found out about that. Like, <laughs> they also did. Uh, did they do? Uh, oh, I always forget what's called. Brothers Tale of Two Brothers or something. Brothers Tale of Two. They published it's it. Called yeah. Two Brothers. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And actually, while we're sort of talking about Star Race, but A Plague Tale, the gameplay feels a very lot like that game. Um, just FYI. Yeah, that oh, seems yeah. like a pretty good comparison. Yeah, I meant to write it in the review, but I couldn't. I couldn't really fit it in. It was. It was. It was. Yeah. When I was sort of writing, I was like, oh, I want to get this in, but I don't know how to get it in and it fit because I chopped and changed to sort of the gameplay parts around it. Anyway, so yeah, Star Race. Uh, as we, as you may know, they have been in a bit of strife recently financially um overkills the walking dead was not the awesome game that i said it was uh, it was actually the words were critical failure it it sucked like it actually <laughs> sucked i was pretty keen for it uh when it was announced because i'm a huge payday guy like love it um payday 2 i spent hours upon hours you know, even replaying the same missions over and over again on the PS3 with my housemate, with my two housemates at the time, Trent from the website. Shout out to Trent. Um, yeah, we had heaps and heaps of fun. Um, and then they sort of, you know, fucked all the console gamers over by not doing an update uh, on PS4 for like, or even like, yeah, PS3 and PS4 for like a year, like over over a year, there was no update. While, you know, the PC community were getting free DLC and new missions yeah, and it's just like, can't, mate. So and then, do you know what confused me about this story with the Starbreeze Studios may not last another year? Was the fact that I thought they were already closed. Yeah, same. Like after I heard all the shit they went through, I'm like, those guys must be so out to pasture. It's not even funny. And then I get this update where Starbreeze Studios may not last another year, and I was like, what? So yeah, they they did all that. So that I think a lot of console gamers were pretty pissed off with Starbreeze, uh, and then. They did the classic thing where they actually had an update. So what did they do? They sold it back to you. You had to buy the update, pretty much. the up- The update was so wow. massive that they d- they decided to re repackage the game and sell you the base game, but with the update at like eighty bucks. 
and I bought it. It's such a scummy thing to do. But it was awesome. So they're only, they're, they've only got the lights on still because Zach bought pretty much their $80 um, game again. And then they did the same thing again. The updates were a little, little bit more frequent because apparently with you know with PS3, the updates or the patches you had to pay for, I can't remember the cost that they was... go through certification. It's like $10,000. Yeah, that was, yeah. So that's why they didn't... And with PC, uh, PC, PC it was free. Um, and that's apparently why they didn't sort of do any console sort of updates. But with the PS4, that was they were all free, yeah, I, th- I think. Um, so there was a few more updates, but then they did the same thing. It sort of went a bit quiet again, and uh, there was heaps of cool missions coming on PC. And I was like, God damn it, I want to play these games on these missions on PS4. Uh, so they sold the game back to us again, and I was like, No, nah, I'm done. I'm just done. Yeah. Um, and then they Deep released uh, Raid, which was basically Payday, but in World War Two. So you played as these four dudes who would go around looting, um, like Hitler's. Uh, stash of gold and stuff like that like you know so in, instead of getting money from the bank or jewels from a you know a robbery you would you'd, you'd, you'd going in the get, Hitler's yeah private room. Uh, and, and that sucked majorly uh, I now I gave that a four um, John Cleese was even in it and even his parts are, are you serious yeah he was there's like video wow. parts that are, that are very like slapstick sort of comedy um, is it a bit um, uh, old command and conquer cutscenes Ah, uh, jeez, I haven't seen those for a long time, so I don't remember. But anyway, it sucked. Um, <laughs> so no, they're not. Um, and then they, yeah, and then that in that time they were working on Overkill's The Walking Dead, and it was meant to be, you know, this sort of payday esque game, sort of like yeah, but in the open and the uh, I forgot the, the Walking Dead universe made by Overkill. And after like five years, it was de- it was delayed like heaps of dozen heaps of times. And it finally came out, and it just it sucked. It absolutely sucked hard. And I read about some of the development on that game, and it sounded like such a ridiculous nightmare. Yeah, and like yeah. changes of engine and all the other stuff. Just and then yeah, bombed. basically the, the reviews it, like it bombed. It bombed hard. And then so I think they expected a massive cash injection from this game, and it just tanked massively. And they it's it's now pulled from Steam. So the game you can't buy it on Steam anymore. Wow, and it came really? out yeah. Um, because Skybound, the license holder for Old Mate for The Walking Dead, they um, uh, they revoked the license. So they were like, "Mate, they're like, guys, this game sucks so bad that you, we don't want your name anywhere near our buddy." When the, again. please stop selling this shitty game. When the um, suits recognise that the game is bad, that's when you know it's bad. Yeah. So then all of a sudden they lost this you know they lost so much money so they had to they sold off i think they sold off some stuff and they've been trying to they've got their vr um division as well star vr yeah. which they were in partnership with acer and i feel like they bought no they're still working with acer i think or they bought them out but anyway um weren't they working with some massive saudi company to make virtual reality like theme parks uh not too sure but yeah basically with you know that uh, vr division like was tanking as well they just have all these tanking components of their business so and then the ceo or is it the ceo uh he got caught up in this um uh like uh, he basically yeah shitty games well they got raided by like the officials and stuff like that and oh, yeah I heard about this he got escorted out of the building yeah. didn't he and it turns out it wasn't actually the business like it was nothing sort of to do with the business i think it was insider trading from memory oh my God. Uh, it wasn't actually the business itself that was uh, found to be liable it was him anyway he 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 uh, got the he got the boot and now they're basically fucked um 
they got like no money they are relying on like payday to like micro transactions um to sort of you know pay the bills to keep the lights on please buy hats um and they have they announced payday 3 i think oh, was it last year or maybe the year before um but that was wait are you serious yeah well that'll still be ages away because they're still you know milking the bloody teat of payday 2 so um basically they're on the brink of if if they can't find a payday um they'll have to Quick. they'll have to you know shut the doors pretty much uh which is sad i guess because there's you know they have had some some good games and they got one of kieran's uh most anticipated games on their books as well publishing psychonauts too so it's what happens yeah. to you know what happens to that um if they do close the doors because they didn't i mean i don't really know too much about it but they were crowdfunded with part of it weren't they or was that yeah so double fine crowdfunded on fig for mm. psychonauts 2 so i think like i I'm, I'm sure that they're still sort of getting the bulk of their funding for the game from that because it, it was a few million dollars that they got um but yeah so and then and then they brought on uh Starbreeze to help with the publishing side of things so i'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that they're they're mostly for uh, marketing and and sort of stuff but they would help and with things packaging like, like, and all that yeah, kind of yeah thing. like you know your distribution stuff and all that like release stuff yeah so i, I i'm not super worried about psychonauts 2 being adversely affected maybe delayed or you know it might need to change hands if if Starbreeze go under but um hopefully it's no more than that yeah i mean i'm hopeful that um even though they've been some you know dicks about payday 2 in the past i hope they do survive and launch payday 3 because oh yeah sorry i think they sold system shock 3 so yeah oh, wow, yeah really? yeah so they had to sell system shock 3 yeah they did um to uh yeah to sort of bring in some some funds but yeah no that's uh hopefully i think the let's have a look here the article says sorry states in the report and a liquidity shortfall is, is expected before mid 2019 if no additional funds are provided so not looking good for old mates um another thing that, that was in the news this week uh no actually last week on the weekend uh is that labor um if elected are gonna bring back the australian games through the australian interactive games fund with a 25 million dollar money pool uh, which is awesome because the government doesn't support uh the sorry the actual federal government doesn't really support um the games industry enough um so yeah that was uh very very exciting to read and um just reading here on kotaku just says yeah the australian interactive games fund was short-lived but the federal investment program played a part in backing some of the best local games and studios over the past several years now a policy launch in melbourne this afternoon so that was on the weekend labor has announced that it will reinstate the fund to the tune of 25 million dollars if elected so that's very cool because there are heaps of um, heaps of really talented uh, developers and studios in in Australia that could use some extra money to sort of because one of the one of the topics that we discussed with Mike Blackney from um, the the maker of Dead Stake Driver was that uh, a lot of talent that we have here can't find work so they go overseas so I guess something like like this will help keep um, the talent on our shores yeah i think like if you go to like obviously we go to pax every year i think when you go there and you go to like the the indie area and you see all the the really cool stuff that um 
Film Victoria funds, which like yeah. uh, Dead Static Drive is one of them. Uh, was it Film Victoria or was like, it Creative? Oh, I think it's both actually. I think he got. I, it might be both. both. Yeah. yeah. Um, like there's some amazing stuff that people pump out and wouldn't be at places like PAX, even if there were the you know even people that are self funded without that extra grant money to to market their game like. Yeah. It, you just see you just see it make so such a big difference to to developers in Victoria and I think like Adelaide's like South Australia's fairly good at supporting their developers as well. I just like it needs to be on a federal level for sure. I've heard Brisbane is pretty uh Queensland is Yeah, Qu- Queensland's the other pretty good one. Um I think yeah. New South Wales is not so good from what no, I New heard. South Wales is shit with anything oh, no. to do with a creative. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean I guess the, and something like this will help um I guess developers not avoid, but not have to rely on like crowdfunding, um, which can, if you know, development goes south, um, you know that that can be quite a big uh, issue to deal with. You know, if you can't deliver your game that you've promised to people, or you know, the people have paid for, pretty much. Um, so yeah, no, it'll help them, and hopefully, well, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to get political, but hopefully, we see it introduced. Uh, while we're talking about, um, I guess, legislation of sorts, uh, Ash, you sort of wrote a piece, uh, was it late last week? No, it was on the weekend on Saturday again, uh, about the American senator who wants to introduce le- le- um, legislation uh, on loot boxes, basically making well, them illegal. Well, let's, let's not paraphrase it. He wants to make pay-to-win illegal. Yes, yeah, okay. I, was, I mean, that's, that's the way I put it. But, I mean, the, tr- the truth is, yes, American senator, uh, he's actually approaching to try and basically put in legislation that targets what he calls manipulative uh, manipulative uh, practices in games. With the basically the entire point is when it targets children, it's not okay. Yeah, so this will impact. I guess what's the what's the big? Because uh, I think did it say that like games like Fortnite or something like that, or did I? So yeah. uh, I mean, generally he he didn't really point fingers. No, at I think I heard another games, podcast just... was talking about it. Sorry. Yeah, he, it was the interesting thing. Like he had a lot of really good. Like uh, he, I mean, the guy's called the guy's called Josh Hawley, right? He's a senator. He's the youngest serving member of like the you know, senator at the moment. At the age of like thirty nine, which just tells you a lot about uh, American politics. But um, he he didn't actually target anything particular. But what he did is he mentioned very specifically that um, he would prohibit games from implementing features that prompt the player to pay cash to further the game. Now. This sounds exactly like your good old-fashioned uh, Candy Crush tries, if you remember those old chestnuts. Yep. He in his in, he also made a very clear point of saying that he would target practices that uh, involve mechanics where players receive rewards at random for a fee, which by any other name is loot boxes. Yeah, and the I mean, yeah. So I I was listening to the Kotaku podcast. Uh, this morning and they were talking about this i think that's where i got confused with the Fortnite thing but the interesting thing about this is that the guy is a republican who are known to be supportive of business pretty much you know um so it's it's interesting that you know he sort of wants to i was gonna say counterpoint he's also a father of two young kids he's also um from what i've heard he's been stung by a by a big apple itunes store bill before um apparently he's very anti-abortion and a bunch of other stuff like that as well yeah i actually said in my article that like he's a, he's he's a politician so he's probably a scumbag in some way but mm. we'll find that out later but i mean at least the discussion's being started that 
it's there's always been this sort of nebulous air about like uh you know are games being deliberately designed to sort of try and fleece us? And, like, everyone's sort of like, well, yeah, but, like, nobody's actually come out and just said, should we do something about it? Yeah, and that's so, I mean, and that's what they said, like, on the Kotaku thing, is that, is that the games industry itself couldn't sort of control itself uh, and, you yeah. know, and, like, regulate itself. The games itself, industry and now the, yeah, has you know, self-regulated yeah. for so long. This is where, this is the end point that we've ended up at. And so, I mean, even in his case, when he mentions the, reg- the actual legislation, how it would work, what he points out is that... Um, Generally, it's going to be a case of there's going to have to be put in uh, places put into uh, uh, sorry rules that would be enforced by a federal trade commission, which would treat the distribution of such games by publishers and online distributors as unfair trade practice. So basically, it comes down to business practices and what is and isn't okay. And this means that actual state attorney generals for that particular state would be empowered to file suit against the particular items that are actually targeting children in a way. And like that's the big push is that it's it's talking about children. And his actual document states very clearly that there are particular things that identify whether a game targets children. So, I mean, it means that adults and their microtransactions can just deal with it. You're older and wiser, you should know how to spend your money. But it's that stuff where it's sort of like, you know, how many parents have you encountered that have, like, a kid playing Fortnite who's like, Mom, I have to buy this skin, it's only available for the next four hours, eh. That kind of shit. But yeah, I, I guess, I mean, the counter argument to that would be is that, you know, you can set up a, like a PS4 profile that re- is restricted in that regard. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't know if I'm for or against it really, but I think I'm more for it. I'm for recognition that it exists. I'm for recognition that game developers do sit down and think about what's the best way of manipulating money out of people. There was a yeah. document leaked from, I think, Apple not that long ago where they talked about the concept of friendly fraud and how, like, children are happy to go and borrow their parents' credit card and it, the banks don't do anything about it because it's only 3 or $4, but at the same time, it is still money that's being gained, not illegally, but just dishonestly. Yeah, I think, like, if if any good is to come out of this, like whether or not you feel like it's a matter of like parenting or you know whatever i think the best thing to come out of something like this would be that hopefully people would stop designing games purely to make money yeah i would be happy to settle for parents become aware that these things exist do you think that um it's a higher level decision to make these uh oh, sorry implement these sort of mechanics as opposed to i think like a cory yeah, um, time... cory barlog going you know oh, we've, we've got to add it add loot boxes into god of war 2 because you know i, I want to buy a new porsche or whatever <laughs> i think i think most like a lot of the the games that are particularly manipulative i think they just i think they are birthed with that ethos in mind I like, think a, a good example of that is when I think it was the last day of sex was it Mankind Divided, Wh- whichever the last yeah, one was. Yeah, and they, they had... pretty much had the game built, ready to go, and like a month or two weeks before release, they literally just got a call from the execs going, "Have we got microtransactions in this?" So they pretty much had to break their game to adhere to what the people in suits wanted. Do you know yeah. why that is? And I, I I didn't know this, but. Um, they were, again, they were talking about it um, on the Kotaku thingy, but apparently CEOs, and it, like, it doesn't surprise me now, but they get kickbacks from microtransactions. They absolutely yeah. do. Yeah, I did. They get bonuses based off the amount of uh, additional revenue beyond initial cost. So yeah, it's poor old 
Jimmy, who's Bro, we caught it. you know slaving <laughs> away on his minimum wage. Oh yeah, and then anyway, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens because I mean a lot of legislation doesn't sort of get get, get off the floor at all. So um, yeah, and it'll be interesting to see what happens because this is because again this is American um, legislation. This is not here, so it'll be whether if it does go through the whole industry adapts it all if they go okay we know what american games are patched out you know they patched out the microtransactions because you saw with uh fifa that belgium tried to ban uh loot boxes in fifa yep in belgium but it would only you know so that would only affect belgium so um yeah it'll be interesting to see what's happened uh jordan you've got some some tech news that you want to talk about yeah so the first one is uh a bit of a weird one. It's uh, so for some of the less informed uh, listeners, uh, CryEngine is one of the many engines that developers use. It's used to power games like Crisis and well, the whole Crisis series. You know the whole running joke: can your computer run Crisis? It's also powered uh, Rise, Son of Rome, uh, Homefront, the oh, Revolution. Love that game. Um, it's also well, it was being used to power Star Citizen. I think they're changing engines or they're doing something with it you whatever know, but yeah what else um, it powers sniper ghost warrior yeah see so it's got a history of having average games tied to it but uh <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so they actually um just the other day uh announced some features that they're looking to add into CryEngine. it's via uh the releases of CryEngine 5.6 and 5.7 now, this won't be until like next year, but they're adding uh, support for the APIs under DX12 uh, and Vulkan. And so what those are, uh, those are basically like, um, they're almost like the building block of a game. And so a good, a notable uh, user of Vulkan is Doom. It's like one of the best running games that's been made. Um, it just, it runs so smoothly. And uh, the reason that those two APIs are of really good note is because um, they scale across multiple CPU cores really, really well, which is uh, what made Doom run really well on the PS4 and Xbox is because they had eight cores in those systems. It, it means that um, their systems can be a lot more efficient in the way they process things. So it doesn't need to be as power hungry. You don't put as much uh, heat through everything. Uh, and it, all, it just makes the game you know, run better. So it'll be easier for developers to work with. Um, they've also done uh, said that they're adding in ray tracing. I believe it might be through DirectX, but it might be through some other form. I'm hoping it's not the NVIDIA ray tracing because that sucks. Um, but yeah, so with that, it's really good to see that uh, they're trying to bring that in. It's a bit late though because, let's be real, a bunch of other engines support all those things. So. Yeah, I was going to say, do you think there's any, any life left in CryEngine to begin with? Uh, there is for sure. It's still a pretty good engine. It's just um, they they really need to get out of the old mindset of CryEngine because the the way CryEngine was originally built, and this is where the whole joke for can your computer run Crisis thing is, um, CryEngine was originally built uh, for a future that never came. It was originally built for CPUs to eventually go to like five, six, seven, eight gigahertz, and that just you know, we're nowhere near that. Um, so the good thing about uh, CryEngine 
you know, even though it's a bit late, adopting, you know, these other APIs is it shows that they're getting away from relying on clock speeds and rather relying on what the industry is doing and not what it might do. It is it is quite a user-friendly engine too, isn't it? Because I see a lot of, like, fan games and mods and stuff made using yeah, that engine. I, so that's kind I, of exciting uh, for I've them. Those, those kind of... And yeah, because it is... <laughs> say, like for for like for the modding community and stuff like having access to those apis and to like potentially ray tracing is pretty cool yeah, yeah. it's it's really good uh, oh, it only serves to benefit if you do get like yeah. a if, if this is anybody listening if you do get like five ten minutes spare while you're on the tram to work or you know flushing out that morning coffee um don't listen to this podcast <laughs> there's a very very interesting article on uh Sevit Yearly or whatever the guy from Crytek, you know, one of the founders of Crytek and how they sort of built like CryEngine initially. And it's, yeah, it's a super interesting story. Just thought I'd share that. Oh yeah, actually we, we can actually attribute a lot of all these modern features in games thanks to CryEngine and Crisis, believe it or not. What was, what's the thing? This is, I, I can't remember, there, but there's a thing that CryEngine doesn't do or can't do. Um, there's like a major thing might, yeah it might be uh one of the forms of anti-aliasing because mm. i know in terms of anti-aliasing cryogene was very limited but they um they worked around it with the first crisis by kind of like blending the edges of foliage so it wouldn't look so blocky yeah uh anyway i, I can't quite remember but yeah there's something that i remember that cryogene doesn't do or something and that's the reason why they couldn't do a feature of it um and the other thing yeah was the amd or something you wanted to share yeah, the so th- this is yeah so yeah, right. there's been a rumor of the third generation of ryzen cpus uh there's been a rumor that the very top end with a new line called ryzen 9 um, previously it's gone ryzen 3 ryzen 5 ryzen 7 so they might be going into ryzen 9 with a 3850x cpu which has 16 cores and 32 threads. Now, that's a lot of cores. And it makes sense if anyone watched the uh, the keynote from CES earlier this year. Uh, you would have seen that they showed the actual die for the CPU and it barely used any room. So it makes sense if this happened, but the fact that they might be doing this shows that um, their lower line still might be really, really efficient and powerful. Which is great news for people, well, for the next generation of consoles, because um, if the Xbox is following in any sport, uh, any form of same footsteps as the PS5, it'll be using the the Zen 2 architecture, which is what these CPUs are using. So it means that you might be able to squeeze even more than previously thought out of such a small system. Well, they they confirmed that the Zen 2 whatever processor the PS5 is using is eight eight cores. Yeah, custom eight core CPU. Hmm. I'd be interested to see if they're going down the whole like kind of like APU route where the CPU and the GPU are on the same thing or if they're actually separating them this time. I hope they're separating them, but you know, sometimes you get a... Yeah, pretty much. And the last bit of news that we had um, just to quickly talk about is that um, the new Mortal Kombat film is being made in Adelaide, oh, sorry, in South Australia of all places. South Australia. Yeah, because apparently we haven't spoken about Mortal Kombat enough in this podcast. Uh, very straightforward. Sort of came out of nowhere. But uh, yeah, uh, 
Apparently, the production is expected to create 580 jobs and see 70 million Australian dollars get poured into the local economy of South Australia. So, uh, yeah, apparently it's confirmed to be a reboot. I mean, the last I heard was Ed Boon said that a script existed and that if it was in the right hands, it would be great, and if it's in the wrong hands, it would be terrible. But, uh, yeah, apparently it's being made in South Australia and it's being directed by Simon McQuoid, who is known for making Australian commercials. (laughs) Which is your favourite Aussie ad, guys? Because I hope it was him. <laughs> I, hope, I hope that means that Clive Palmer is going to feature in um. He in should be um, film. He should be. Clive um... Palmer will be Lord Raiden, <laughs> and he'll just rant on about the Chinese conspiracy to take over Australia through mm. Mortal Kombat. While we're on the uh, topic of um, movies, we might sort of wrap, wrap it up with a bit of general chat um just about some movies that are coming out or have recently came out because there's a couple that are on my radar um but has anybody seen uh detective pikachu yeah yeah how was it it was it was good it was um good like well a as far as video games and movie adaptions go it's probably the best example that i've seen Really, it's still a very low. It's a low. It's still a very low benchmark to hit, but it's still it's a good it's a good uh, trophy to take home. Like honestly, like the the uh the the storyline, like it's it's a bit ho hum. It's kind of it's it's there for fun. It's not serious. Doesn't take itself seriously at all. Um, I was going to say the most critical piece of uh I guess criticism I've heard about it is that it wraps up super cleanly, almost to the point where it actually feels like it gets. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I was like, bit. it's Pokemon, dude. Yeah. Um, but like, honestly, all it needed to do was like give me an hour and a half of really cool CG Pokemon interacting with people, and it does that. So you know, cool, done, easy. Uh, would you would you kiss Mister Mime? Absolutely. Hell yeah! I'd kiss Ludicolo. After seeing the <laughs> after, <laughs> after seeing the moves he's capable of, I'm there. Sounds. This got weird. Awful. Um, the other, the other movies. This podcast is called "Which Mr. Mind Would You Kiss." The um, the film that I'm most looking forward to is coming out this week on Thursday. John Wick three. Anybody else keen to see that? Very. I'm very really keen. keen to actually get around to watching John Wick two. Oh, I think you should just gotta leave. do it. You okay? I'll leave him faster then. I have not watched any John Wick. Okay, you can also leave. Uh. Um, and you yeah, can't okay. you can't rejoin the podcast until you've watched all 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 of John Wick. Does um, that mean I get out of editing it too? Damn it! <laughs> all right, you can stay. Um, <laughs> but guys, 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 the big boys that are coming out to play, we've got another Godzilla movie coming out. Is that soon? Yeah, that's May twenty eighth, I think. Yeah, I'm super keen, so but no one wants to go see it with me. I will see uh, it look, with you. I think it looks look, absurd. We'll, if if we'll you all... pay for my flight down to Melbourne, okay. I'll go see it with no, you. We'll just Sorry, it on, you're too we'll busy just do it editing on Discord podcast. and we'll make it the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just jumping back, just very, very before we start talking about Godzilla. Godzilla, uh, John Wick three is currently on ninety eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes from forty three, sorry, forty seven reviews. And my that's, wow, that's really? not enough for a massively action driven flick. It's actually getting cannot that be high any rating. tighter. Quick little um story here and you might find this a little bit humorous is when john wick 2 came out because remember how it was banned um in in australia not banned sorry it was delayed in australia for months do you remember that when it was i do done? now i don't remember okay. that i haven't so, seen uh, john wick 2 oh, you could be making you know. that up and we wouldn't know um anyway so I, yeah because i was in munich at the time and john wick 3 had uh, just come out like a week a week earlier and i remember 
um, reading that Australia wasn't going to get it till like May. Um, oh yeah, sorry, I said John Wick three. Yeah, so John Wick two. Um, so I was like, I right, let's go see it, and my girlfriend was like, oh won't it be in like German or something? And I was like, oh, no, it'll, it'll be worth it. So I, was, I like went to this film expecting it to be in full German, like with like German like voiceovers. Um, but thankfully it was actually in full English. So, yeah. Did it have German subtitles? No, it was full English. Hmm, interesting. And I was, I, I was very surprised that it was A, like no German voiceovers uh, or no German subtitles. So I think it's a, it's a pretty self-explanatory film. Yeah. But I was quite surprised. Uh, but yeah, Godzilla. Oh, I am keen, very keen to see that. Um, and the re- it looks absurd in all the right ways. The early reviews have actually been pretty good, from what I've read. Everyone. I think for me, just the baseline is: do giant monsters fight? If yes, film good. <laughs> um, like I mean, I'm a simple man. The reason so, why I um, what are your thoughts um, on monsters versus aliens? Um, super keen is one of my favorite actors is in that film. <laughs> John Cleese. No, not John Cleese. Um, John Goodman. John Wick. Um, <laughs> Cl- <laughs> no, I can't think. Clive Palmer. Um, he, is, he is Godzilla. Palmzilla. Um, <laughs> um, now, of course, like, yeah, uh, Kyle Chandler is one of my favourite actors. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think he's a... Unsung hero. Yeah. And he, he's in that. So I'm keen. Sorry, 20, 29th of May it comes out, I think. I think I said this. <gasps> That's this well, what, what day is that? Uh, for Thursday. Wednesday, Thursday. Wednesday. So it must oh. be the, must be the 30th here. The date I must um, look at must be. Okay, cool. See, I won't be editing the podcast. I'll have already been done. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I'm keen. I'm keen to see Mothra as well. Just mm. fuck some shit Kidura. up. Um, yeah, very cool. Are you gonna very get, nice? When are you gonna go see it, Kieran? Let's let's make a date. We'll, like, we'll go see John Wick. Huh? We'll go see John Wick. Sorry, I'm already, I've am i already made plans for that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. John Wick don't, tell me, crossover movie. don't do this to me publicly. I know. It's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, Kira, you just heard him making plans with me. So, I mean, uh, you're, you're more than welcome to come. That's for Godzilla. No, it's for both. Yeah, make the plans live on the podcast. Write down to telling people which seats you're in. Um, Soz. So I was, so I was like that. I, I didn't mean to break your heart like that. Um, but Godzilla, we should definitely, if you're interested, you know, if you want to... Nah. <laughs> I'm busy. I expect the next podcast... He, he's he's busy editing there. the podcast. Godzilla and nothing else. Episode three, Podzilla. I mean, Zach will <laughs> Podzilla. That's very good. I, I think you've just... You've just uh, written the title for episode three. Yeah, it's done. done. That's it. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't think, think there's anything else coming out. Oh, actually, TV shows. Who likes TV shows? Everyone likes TV shows. Uh, there's a very cool uh, Danish TV show, season two, coming out this Friday called The Rain. I'm not sure if any of you guys watched it on Netflix. I don't watch a lot of Danish TV. Well... Yeah, I have, a, I have Australian Netflix. Oh, come it's on Australian Netflix, <laughs> mate. <laughs> um, it's, on, it's on Australia's version of Danish Netflix. But... um. <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to take that as no one else has seen it. Um, no. Has anybody else actually ever heard of it? No. Well, okay. Uh, outside of just now, no. Uh, so quick breakdown. It's sort of like, if you had to say anything, what it's like, it's like The Walking Dead. So... Uh, You've lost me. It's nice. like it's like, the rain, <laughs> it's like the rain comes and the rain's 
uh, you know, got something in it and it's basically fucks people up. Uh, a family goes to this shelter. Um, yeah, like the dad and the... Where's it set? Is it set? It's in Denmark. I'm pretty sure it's okay. Danish or is it Norwegian? I think it's Danish. Um, but no, yeah, it's... it's a Because I, 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 I was like, oh, I've got like, nothing to watch tonight. Oh, I just whacked it on. And I thought it was great. So I binged the whole season and no, I'm keen. I'm keen for season two. So if you haven't watched The, the Rain, uh, you should watch it. If you're keen on Danish zombies, uh, Danish zombie media, The Rain's... Well, no, play. there's no zombies. You said it was like The Walking yeah, Dead? Yeah, no, okay. In the sense that, you know, so that like... Shit, in the sense know, that it's a TV I, serial. I feel <laughs> lied to. undead <laughs> no, figures so, that okay, are not Sorry, it's, it's Walking Dead in the sense that... Um, something happens to the world and it's about a group of people trying to survive in, in that world. Right. Yeah. Um, right. The rain kills you. I think it just kills you. Yeah. Um, Is it only happening in Denmark or? Uh, no, the world, I believe. Uh, uh, Are there some continents where like the, they fixed it? Like, did they bless the rains down in Africa? Oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting yeah, for it. that. Podcast is over. Everyone <laughs> got home. We've just, we've peaked. <laughs> Um, yeah, and if you do watch it, watch it in Danish uh, voiceovers with English subs because the English voiceovers are terrible. Uh, but yeah, that's all from me. That's probably that's probably all from us. Uh, I'm not sure if you have any parting words to our trousers. All right, Jordan. Uh, jorts. Uh, Kieran. No, I'm good. Cool. I'm out. Sweet. Oh, thank you for listening to episode two. Hopefully you uh, stick around for episode three after this great chat. And <laughs> hopefully Karen can forgive me for the lack of the John Wick 3 date. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's been nice. Uh, I've, I've enjoyed my final episode here on the podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, next week we can just talk about Homefront and Trolling Away. Oh, we can go for hours. All right. Thank you for listening and have a good evening, morning, afternoon, lunch, bath, whatever you're doing. And see you next week. Please listen to us in the bath. <laughs>